Good morning. Good morning, everybody. I guess I guess it's still morning here in Central Texas. CT's time zone. That doesn't stand for Central Texas. It stands for Central Time Zone. But I don't care. Because we're here. And you know, it's Wednesday and it's April 14th. And uh, I'm Dan Benjamin. In case you don't know me, I'm Dan Benjamin. And you're here to witness what is the best news. I'm reading, I'm reading the news so that you don't have to. I'm only going to tell you the good stuff. I'm not going to waste your time. If it's fun, if it's interesting, if it's funny, if it's important, if it's good or bad, it will be here. That's how this works. Uh, I told you I'm Dan Benjamin. You can actually follow me. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram and right here on YouTube, which is where all y'all are watching it now since Periscope seems to be gone. Uh, and I don't know how to stream directly to the Twitter media thing yet. Still no soundboard. He's having a problem. I thought I would show you today what this actually looks like. Uh, you see this tape here? And you see how this keeps indicating that it it needs power and it doesn't have power? And, and uh, yeah. So this is how he's doing today. <clears throat> Maybe he'll wake up. Maybe he won't. If he does, we'll get audio. If he doesn't, guess what? Uh, we won't. We won't. Uh, but that's it. That's all I can hope for is that this thing just suddenly and it keeps flashing on and off and it's very distracting. So anyway, yeah. Isn't that great? Uh, and if not, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to replace, get a new iPad for it. That seems weird. I don't want a new one. Well, anyway, uh, since you're here, be sure to like and subscribe and ring the bell. You know, they say smash the like, slap, subscribe, whatever. You know what to do. That way you'll get the notification. Because right now, there is no Periscope for you to, to see it on. And that's where I got hundreds, if not thousands of viewers every day. And they gave us no way to do it. So restream. I like y'all. But wake up and make this thing work. And I have no. I can't flush the toilet. I can't do any of the things that I do with the soundboard. That's all right. We'll make do. But if you're here, be sure to support this program on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. This is how I make a living, friends. Uh, this is not a hobby for me. I know a lot of you enjoy the podcasts that I do. This is the way to say thank you. Patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. There it is again. Maybe. About, yeah, there it is again. And for those of you who are just listening, I found out that some of you just listen. You don't go to YouTube and watch it there. That's all right. But you're missing all the fun stuff that I do to uh, to show everyone here. So look, there's our, our friends in the chat room. Hi, Jackals. How are you? Good to see you. And welcome to Benjamin Nation. Let's get started. Um, you've heard about uh, Dante Wright and the shooting that happened there. Well, the uh, officer who shot him has resigned. Uh, so he was 20, not the officer, uh, but uh, Dante Wright. Kim Potter is the name of the guy or woman, I'm sorry, uh, who shot him. And um, that's really the news there. Um, apparently, you've heard this already, but she grabbed her taser gun instead of her regular gun and shot him with that, thinking that it was the taser, is what I'm being told. Uh, Wright's parents say that they will not, cannot and will not accept that he was killed accidentally Um and uh, the, here's the quote from Aubrey Wright, uh, his father, who says, I can't accept that. A mistake. That doesn't even sound right. This officer has been on the force for 26 years. Well, this is interesting to me for a lot of different reasons. Um, regardless of the story behind this or what actions 
led to this happening. It's hard for me to believe that you could make a mistake like that with that much experience and training. Uh, now, I can tell you that I have fired many handguns at ranges and other places like that. And it's very easy to tell the difference in, in, in a controlled situation. It's very easy to tell the difference between one handgun and another handgun, let alone a handgun and a taser under controlled conditions. Even if you're an experienced police officer and you know the difference between your taser and the handgun that you've probably trained with and that you've been on the job for 26 years, things happen in a situation like that. And it's hard to know. But that reason still just doesn't, that's hard for me to believe. I can, I can understand in a crazy situation like that where you've got people under extreme stress to make a mistake. It happens. But they seem really different. I don't know. why. I, now I want more than ever to be able to hold these two things next to each other. Also, where, where are they on the utility belt, on the officer's utility belt? Are they right next to each other? Are they on opposite sides? I want them to be on opposite sides so you can't make a mistake like that. You would think that something like that would be a, like a rule or a practice. I don't know. Uh, what I'm saying is mistaking your taser for a handgun. If that was easy to do, Piers Morgan speaks out on Tucker Carlson today. Oh my gosh. The Royals and Drew Byer. Now in his first Jesus, his stop. Did you hear that? Thanks, Fox News. Uh, <laughs> it would seem to me like we'd hear about this a lot if it was easy to mistake those two things. This is the first time in my life I've ever heard of a police officer shooting someone because they thought they were tasing them. Has this happened? Does anyone else, can anyone else in the chat room, can we fact check this? Can anyone tell me about this, if this is a thing or not? I don't know. I don't know the answer. Okay. So uh, sorry about that audio playing. Chinese officials are warning uh, the U.S. to stop, quote, playing with fire when it comes to the United States relations with Taiwan. Well, Basically, well, let me read the quote here from the Chinese spokesperson, Zhao Lijian, and I will get the soundboard back, I promise. There is zero room for compromise and not an inch to give. Uh, this is what the Chinese spokesperson told reporters. We urge the U.S. side to grasp the situation, earnestly abide by the one China principle and the three China-U.S. joint communiques, refrain from playing with fire, immediately stop official contact with Taiwan in any form. They warned against sending the wrong signals to Taiwan, independent Taiwan's independent forces, so as to not subversively influence and damage Sino-U.S. relations and peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait. The U.S. officially recognizes Beijing and the what they call the One China policy. Washington is legally bound to support Taiwan with arms to defend itself under the 1979 Taiwan Relations Act. So here you've got China saying, "Don't talk to Taiwan." Taiwan is, you, you want to talk to Taiwan? Come through us. You come through us. You don't talk to Taiwan on your own. And yet we have this uh, act that says we've got to talk directly to Taiwan. They'd have to repeal the act, I guess, which they're not going to do. So what does this mean? Let's be clear about something. Um, 
let's just and behind the scenes, I have to tell you what set this whole thing off really is that behind the scenes, China has been pushing its boundaries by sending aircraft and jets into Taiwan's uh, air defense identification zone, which is ADIZ, uh, which is prompting the U.S. Navy to send a guided missile destroyer into the Taiwan Strait last week for what we've been calling a routine transit. It's sort of just, oh, it's just an exercise. But on Monday, 22 Chinese aircraft, including fighter jets and nuclear-capable bombers, flew over Taiwan's ADIZ. So tensions are high over there. Now, Let's be clear about something. For those of you that don't know or that don't realize this, we are at war with China. Did you know that? It's a fact. We're not in an, a war that involves shooting and killing. We're in a war that has to do with the economy and trade. It is very much a cold war. It's not something that people really talk about. And I think if you were to ask the general public, are we in any kind of war with China? They'd say, China? No, no. The shirt I'm wearing came from China. How could we be at war with them? But we are, and don't get confused about that. We're we're absolutely at war with them, and so little things like this uh, are are just moving the little pieces around on the chessboard. So pay attention to this because it's interesting. Uh, this was sent by listener Brienne, a Texas man arrested for trying to kill the internet. You know I don't like this trend of Texas man. It reminds me a lot of Florida man and I don't live in Florida anymore and I don't want to. So I don't want there to be a Texas man thing, but it, it seems like the media is pushing that. Uh, he was trying to get explosives. <laughs> he was trying to buy them from an, an undercover FBI agent. Um, he uh, it was apparently plotting to blow up a data center in Virginia, not here in Texas, but in Virginia. Uh, he said in online chats that he wanted to, quote, kill off about 70% of the Internet. This comes from a federal affidavit. Uh, his name is Seth Aaron Pendley. Soundboard. Uh, he's 28. He was arrested after allegedly attempting to obtain an explosive device from an undercover FBI agent in Fort Worth, Fort Worth Texas. And uh, basically, he was making these alarming statements in forums, then trying to buy the explosives. Here's a quote from... The FBI, we are indebted to the concerned citizen who came forward to report the defendant's alarming online rhetoric. In flagging his post to the FBI, this individual may have saved the lives of a number of tech workers. This is acting U.S. Attorney Prerak Shah. We are also incredibly proud of our FBI partners who ensured that the defendant was apprehended with an inert explosive device before he could inflict real harm. The Justice Department is determined to apprehend domestic extremists who intend to commit violence no matter what political sentiment drives them to do so. So uh, what he wanted to do was he wanted to go and take C4 plastic explosive. He was going to attack data centers and trying to kill off, kill the internet is what he was doing. And uh, he wanted to, what he said, bring down the oligarchy. And now he faces up to 20 years in a federal prison. So uh, if you don't know behind the scenes and some of these data centers, and yes, there are some in Virginia that uh, really supply internet traffic and they are, they are the backbone of the internet and destroying them. Well, the internet's designed to route around things like that. So it would be figured out. It wouldn't kill the internet. It would disrupt the internet for a period of time. Now, if he was going after Amazon's like S3 data centers, it's possible he could have done some more serious damage than that, but I don't know. 
uh, it would have been tricky to see him do this. So, uh, Brianne is saying uh, regarding tasers, they should be worn on the non-dominant hand side of the belt. That's what I was just saying. And uh, also fun has been mistaken for a taser. A gun has been mistaken for a taser at least once a year since 2001 per a Mother Jones article. So um, that's interesting to me. And I agree that they should be worn on the non-dominant hand side of the belt. You can't make a mistake. You can't accidentally grab a handgun if it's if if you always train because part of the training for hand in handgun training and I know this for police force and FBI and other things like that isn't just uh, standing there at the range firing at a target. Often and I would say usually it involves much much more training where you're not just holding out the gun in front of you and firing at a target, but you're practicing pulling it from your holster, holster flicking off the safety and then firing the gun and different stances and things like that. But that is a big part of the training is unholstering and, and drawing the weapon. If you're practicing drawing the weapon like that for, I'm guessing, 26 years that she was on the police force, and you should be practicing it. If civilians are practicing it, I really want our police forces to practice it. Uh, how do you confuse this motion with this motion? You can't, you can't do it if you're training. That's suspicious to me. Okay. Coinbase has made its debut at Bitcoin has arrived on Wall Street. That's right. Uh, it says the big cryptocurrency exchange goes public through a direct listing and it could make it a bigger debut, debut than Facebook. Uh, well, if you don't know what Coinbase is, Coinbase is the company that allows you to basically buy and essentially trade Bitcoin and other kinds of uh, cryptocurrency. And uh, I know a lot of people that just opened up like a $100 account on Coinbase. Well, Bitcoin and Dogecoin and all these other ones are increasing in value. So more and more people are doing it. This is a really good time for Coinbase to be doing that. I think it's pretty smart. Uh, I actually have two articles in the show notes. And where are the show notes? You can go to danbenjamin.live. Did, uh, can anyone tell me what episode this is? I think it's 73 now. I'm trying to keep track, but it's I, I name them all after the day's date. So find the day's date, click the link, and you'll see all of the links there. And I'm also adding those links now right there to YouTube. YouTube has a character limit. So I'm not always able to add all of the links into the descriptions. I'm trying, but it cuts them off on a day like yesterday where I or Monday where I had a billion links. So sorry, but they are there on YouTube as well. Uh, so there's a whole other article, but check this out. In 2020, there were 43 million verified Coinbase users, 2.8 million making transactions monthly. It's uh, Coinbase's revenue more than doubled to 1.14 billion last year. And they did a profit of $322.3 million after losing tens of millions in 2019. Uh, it recently estimated the revenue rose to $1.8 billion and net income increased to between $730 million and $800 million in the first quarter. So Coinbase itself sounds like a good investment, right? I don't know. Can't advise you on that, but I think it might be. Speaking of investing, Bernie Madoff, the Ponzi schemer, has died in prison at 82 years of age. There he is. Uh, died in prison. Uh, he was the architect of the epic security swindle that burned thousands of investors and got around all the regulators. He earned a 150-year prison term for that, and uh, he died behind bars. This just happened just today, and he was, like I said, he was 82 years old. It was in the Fed uh, Federal Medical Center in Butner, North Carolina, 
And uh, that's it. They, uh, his lawyers last year asked to release him from prison during coronavirus because he was already suffering from end-stage renal disease and other medical conditions. They didn't do it. So uh, that's it. So he has passed away. The CDC, oh, let's, excuse me, I'm in need of medical attention, right? Can't play the sound bite. I'll get it going. I'll do that right after the show, I promise. Oh, look, it's time to play with CNN's wonderful uh, scrolling mechanism. So here we have, for those of you at home and can't see this, we've got a giant, huge, half the screen advertisement. And when you scroll up, it, 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 it kind of slides away, but only after I can't really see the headline anymore. And if I want to close this emergency bulletin, I've got to do it. And then, okay. CDC advisors are meeting today about the Johnson and Johnson COVID-19 vaccine. I have a couple articles about the Johnson Johnson uh, vaccine. There are a lot of people who are upset about this because they're saying, okay, there's this incredibly rare situation where someone can get a potentially deadly blood clot from this thing. However, uh, there were six cases in the United States, six cases, one, two, three, four, five, six, out of 7 million people who got the shot, six cases. Now, we should take those cases seriously, but the advantage of the Johnson & Johnson shot is that you only needed one. It doesn't give you as much protection as Moderna or Pfizer, granted. But you only needed one. And there are a lot of people who are maybe only going to want to get one or only able to get one or whatever. This was something that provided people with a higher degree of immunity than not getting a shot. Maybe a little less than the other kinds, but still a good degree of immunity or protection. I should use the word protection uh, with only one shot. And that would mean that there's a higher chance for a lot of people to get it. And get some degree of immunity. Seven, more than seven million people got it. Six people had blood clots. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, friends in the chat room, uh, one person died from it. Uh, so Benjamin Atkin in the chat says, I had an appointment to get, wait, can't I show? I think I can. Yeah. Um, I had an appointment to get uh, Johnson Johnson yesterday. The Philadelphia Department of Health canceled it. And uh, he says that he was excited about the single shot. I think a lot of people are and were. And I know some people here that were scheduled to get their shots and got cancellation calls or emails or notifications about it because it was Johnson & Johnson. You don't know what shot you're necessarily going to get here in Texas. Uh, The shot that I'm scheduled for is uh, Moderna because that's what's available in pretty much most of Texas. There's a few that are doing Pfizer. But if it had been Johnson and Johnson, I might not have wanted to do it. I don't know. I don't know because like there's this risk and it makes you feel scared. And isn't that a weird psychological thing that six people out of 7 million had this problem and they're pulling it. And what a lot of people, especially women are saying is what about all the blood clots that women get from birth control pills that are prescribed by the thousands every day and taken by the millions every day, there's way more cases, for example, uh, of blood clots from birth control pills, and yet those are not being pulled. It's a little inconsistent, isn't it? And the damage that this could potentially do to make people not want to get the other vaccines that aren't causing the problem. 
Uh, and you would think that we would hear about things like this if they were causing problems, right? Because there's been over 192 million shots administered in the United States already. Uh, just here in the United States. You're not hearing about problems with the other one, but you are with this, but only six. I don't know. It it seems like a blow to the entire vaccine situation. And uh, and that, that makes me a little bit uh, concerned. Um, Speaking of COVID, the, in Germany, uh, in a German hospital, not all hospitals across Germany, let's be clear, doctors are worried because they're seeing more and more younger patients. Um, the variant is apparently what is uh, concerning the doctors here because they're calling it the third wave. Uh, basically, they say that they have 14, I thought I was going to say four, 14 intensive care beds Five occupied by COVID-19 patients, but they're saying, it's, it's not big numbers, but they're saying what they're seeing is that uh, the patients are younger between the ages of 40 and 60. It says they often have to be intubated and then face a long fight with the virus. Uh, they're worried that they might not survive. But here's my question, and I don't really know, um, I don't know the answer to this, is how effective are the vaccines, I don't know if anyone knows how effective vaccines are against the variants. I read you the articles on Monday talking about how some of the variants can break through the COVID-19 vaccinations that we have right now. But what I don't know is, does that, are they mild infections if that happens or are they more significant infections? Are they severe infections? Are they deadly infections? And so if anyone can tell me about that, um, let me know. I, I'm very curious. I'm going to try and reach out to my insider at the CDC. I have a, did I tell you that I have a CDC insider who provides me with secret uh, information from time to time? It's true. And that person may be able to, to answer that. And if I can get an answer for you by uh, the next show, I will do that. Apple is, oh, I can't hit the soundboard, uh, doing a respiratory study that aims to find if the Apple Watch can detect COVID-19 early. Uh, it has been collaborating with the Seattle flu study, Apple has for a while with the University of Washington, and now they're working with the COVID-19 specifically. Uh, participants who sign up for this, and if you're in that area, you could, still Washington State, you have to wear an Apple Watch. It will be provided by the study, but you need to wear it at all times. You have to live in the greater Seattle area. You have to be 22 years old or over. But they're going to watch the blood oxygen sensor. They're going to do the heart rate monitor. And they're going to try to find patterns that can serve as early signals of respiratory conditions, including COVID-19. So if you live up there, you know, you can get an Apple Watch out of it. I'm sure you have to give it back. There is a BPA-like chemical that is raising concerns of alarming brain damage. This is a new study. They're studying goldfish. But basically, there's a popular chemical alternative to uh, BPA, which stands for uh, bisphenol A. This is what they use in plastic water bottles. They use it in food cans. They use it all around. And now they're worried that this could seriously, this alternative to this could damage human brains, which was the whole concern with BPA. They're using bisphenol, bi, bisphenol S, BPS, but they're studying it with goldfish. And it says, here's the quote, we were surprised how many vital brain functions in fish are affected by the plasticizers used in numerous industries. This is Elizabeth Schlermer. Oh, I wish I had the soundboard. The first author of the study, 
The damage, as we were able to show, does not occur immediately. However, when the brain cells are exposed to small amounts of BPA or BPS for a month, the damage is unmistakable. So that's not good either. And um, maybe um, maybe really bad and maybe the alternative to BPA that we've been told was safe. Not safe. Lovely. Okay, here's a really cool uh, report um, on a site called Science Direct. It is a new study that has been done entitled Destabilization of the Alzheimer's Amyloid Protofibrils by THC, a Molecular Dynamics Simulation Study. Well, basically, uh, the little bit that I know about the way Alzheimer's works is sort of plaques form inside of your brain. And of course, that sounds bad. It is bad. You don't want that. Well, these plaques... Uh, that form, apparently, they bind to receptors in the brain, and that's what causes these problems. Well, guess what? Weed seems to help. I was almost said fixes. That's maybe too strong of a word, but it seems to help. In this study, they're saying that it can prevent those things from forming and binding with the receptors. Not only does it prevent it, if my understanding of this paper is correct, um, it destabilizes the existing ones and can help them pre- prevent them from being formed in the first place. So as I've said before, and I say again, what can't we do? But look at all of these studies that now that it's finally been legalized in more places, more studies can be conducted, still not legal on a federal level, but at the state level and in different countries, finally, they're able to do studies. And every single time they do a study, they find out that weed is beneficial. Every single time, whether it's beneficial in helping people get off uh, very addictive, like Oxycontin type medicines, whether it's useful to help other pain medications in, in replacing those, it's helpful for PTSD, it's helpful for anxiety and stress. And now look, maybe it can even help prevent or help treat Alzheimer's. They're going to find, trust me, if a company comes out with some kind of weed drug, like through pharmaceutical channels, it's going to change everything. It's going to, this is going to force legalization if nothing else does. And it's so helpful to people. You know what? It's time to talk about syphilis. That's right. Syphilis, which was on the brink of global eradication. (laughs) The title of this article says it is raging again. Yeah. Basically, um, well, let me just read. I'll just read from the article. In certain circles of San Francisco, a case of syphilis can be as common and casual as catching the flu to the point where Billy Lemon can't even remember how many times he's had it. Three or four, five times in my life, he struggles to recall. It does not seem like a big deal. And uh, basically, oh, I'll just keep reading because it's, I'll just keep reading. At the time, about a decade ago, Lemon went on frequent methamphetamine binges, kicking his libido into overdrive and silencing the vice voice in his head that said condoms would be a wise choice at a raging sex party. It lowers your inhibitions and also your decision-making abilities are skewed, Lemon says. He's sober now and runs the Castro County Club in San Francisco, which is not a resort, but a place where gay men can get help with addiction, especially meth. He says syphilis comes with the territory. He said... In the 12-step community, if meth was your thing, everybody had syphilis. Well, what they're actually blaming this resurgence of syphilis on is uh, that 
things like this, but they're also saying that it's because of dating apps, so hookup apps specifically, the kind where you can find someone down the street at a bar or wherever and just go over there and hook up and leave and people are not practicing safe sex. And uh, they're saying that Grinder and Tinder made it finding a date, quote, faster than getting a pizza delivered to your home. This is Dan Wolfiler. Man, where's the soundboard when I need it? Uh, who's an STD prevention specialist and co-founder of Building Healthy Online Communities, which uses these apps to improve gay men's health. Um, basically, there's a lot of syphilis now, so be careful. Uh, Ford has revealed the name for its hands-free driving system. It's called, going to be called, oh, sorry, there's an ad. We don't want the ads. We just want to make the video go away. Uh, basically, it's going to be called Blue Cruise. Blue Cruise. And it's going to be in the F-150 and the Mach-E, and they'll be able to steer themselves on the highway. This is uh, similar to General Motors, what they called Super Cruise. And uh, I wonder how Tom feels about all of that. Uh, I can't read you this article that's on the Washington Post, but if you are a Washington Post subscriber, you'll be able to read it if you go to danbenjamin.live and find today's episode. But it talks about how uh, a little Australian firm was able to crack the iPhone security stuff so that they could help out the FBI and find some people. Uh, before I get to the big news, we're almost on the big topic for today. It's the very last one. Uh, before I do that, the Ellen DeGeneres daytime talk show has dropped to all-time low ratings down 11% in just one week. Uh, this is an all-time low, only 800,000 viewers for those five days that is down by about 300,000 viewers since the beginning of stop since the beginning of their season that is i just have to tell you that is not a lot of people uh live with Kelly and Ryan uh averages 1.8 million and uh, it says in this article that I'm reading, Ellen is now being beaten by low quality shows, not my words, like Wendy Williams and Maury Povich. Okay. Well, TV, daytime TV is going away. Guess what? Because of us, people like me, not just this show, which is the best show on the internet, of course, but shows like this. This is what people are turning to because it's live. It's more fun. It requires less of a commitment and you don't have to be in front of a TV you can listen to it or watch it on your phone, on your tablet, on your computer screen, wherever you happen to be, you're going to be able to tune in and live, live. So why would you tune into a daytime show that wasn't streamed on the internet? I don't know. Oh, guess what? Sony's new PS5 update includes surprise improvements to HDR, HDR and it gives you 120 hertz support and it lets you store PS5 games on USB drives. I still don't have one of these things. If you can, if if anyone can get me a PS5, it has to be the kind with the with a disc drive in it, uh, you know, the DVD or Blu-ray, whatever it is. If you can get me one of those, I'll pay a hundred bucks. It has to be new. It has to be sealed in the box. You have to be able to get it and send it to me, and I'll pay shipping and I'll pay you a hundred bucks. But no one can do that. No one can take me up on my hundred dollars. I need one of these things. Help me out. I keep getting beaten by all the uh, scammers and the bots and everything else. Here's an article on GQ. Uh, this article is all about men's watches. It's the guide to G GQ guide to watches for men. It's their definitive guide to the, what they call the wild world of watches. 
It explains all the terms and where to get them. And I thought this was a really good article, actually. Uh, it serves as a really great introduction into all levels of watches, not just high-end watches, but affordable Seiko watches and smart watches and all kinds of watches. It explains all the different brands and different terms to use, and it's really cool. Uh, and you know that I'm a watch nerd, so I really like this article, and I thought it was great. And now, topic of the day, Spotify has been continuing to remove Joe Rogan episodes. 42 episodes have now been deleted. Uh, that's interesting. They have a $100 million exclusive relationship with Joe Rogan, uh, but they are continuing to delete episodes. Among the newly missing episode list is number 411. That had Bulletproof Coffee founder Dave Asprey, who is a frequent guest. Uh, Spotify has deleted three total episodes with Asprey, and they won't say why. One explanation I'm reading from this article in Digital Music News. Uh, one explanation for the removals is that Asprey frequently backs controversial anti-aging and scientific theories, including claims that Bulletproof Coffee is extremely healthy, while other coffee brands are not. Asprey has designed the Bulletproof Diet and frequently criticizes coffee manufacturers for leaving high levels of damaging mycotoxins. Myco I don't know how to say that. Uh, he has predicted he will live to be 180 years old. Anyway, those episodes and a handful of others without him in it uh, have been removed and are being removed. And this is exactly what I predicted would happen. And I'm not alone in making that prediction. As soon as Joe Rogan joins up with Spotify, I said, yeah, you wait for the censorship. Here it comes. And that's exactly what big media wants. They want to censor and control messages and they want to do it and they want to do it with podcasting. I still think this was a wonderful decision for Joe Rogan, who is richer than ever from this deal. Good for him. Bad for podcasting. Bad for everyone except Joe Rogan and Spotify. This was a deal that benefited Joe Rogan and maybe Spotify, and that's it. So far, it really only seems to have benefited Joe Rogan. It hasn't benefited Spotify very much at all yet because you're not seeing people clamoring to get on Spotify in droves. I'm a Spotify customer. I pay Spotify every month for me and uh, fa family style accounts and everything on there. I'm a Spotify customer, and I think Spotify is great when it comes to the music stuff. But I sure don't want my stuff censored. I like to be able to say whatever I can say or kind of. There's stuff I can't say right here on YouTube. If I were to talk about COVID-19, if I were to use the word vaccination too many times, if I were to talk too much about UFOs, uh, I would get censored here. And that's not cool. But I understand those rules. And I understand that this video is going out over YouTube. And I'm cool with that because I'm not paying anything for it to be out there. And you guys are watching it and you like it here. So I'm cool with that. That's fine. But you know what? At the end of the day, if I really wanted to say something, guess what? I would have to say it. Where's my mug? I don't know. My Fireside mug here. I'd have to say it on a place like Fireside, my podcast hosting company. Go to fireside.fm. Sign up there if you want your own podcast where you can say whatever you want. And anyone who wants to listen to it, no matter where they are in the world, unless they are dealing with their own local restrictions on what things they can download, anyone can go and download that and hear what I have to say. But you can't here on YouTube. You can't because there's things I cannot say. If I, if I were to say that I believed that uh, alien abduction was a real thing happening, YouTube would censor that. There would at the very least be a little block underneath the video saying, for more information about you know, this hoax, go here. 
So there's a lot that you can't say. And there's a lot that Joe Rogan can't say. He can make the episodes, but Spotify is just going to pull them. And it's not like they're pulling them because they are like harmful. There apparently there's a guy on there saying he thinks he's going to live to 180 because he drinks bulletproof coffee and his coffee is better than competitor coffees. Okay, but they're going to pull that. They're going to pull that. Why? Why are they censoring it? They should be required to say why they're censoring if they're doing it, I think. So it's weird though. Uh, and Jeff M says, UFOs, no, you would not get taken off. Actually, um, I, I, I would get that video would absolutely be taken off if I said too much about it. I know that that has happened to people that have talked about it. Uh, at the very least, there would be that block underneath it. Uh, people in the chat room are saying uh, they're deleting the episodes where he tells the guests to start their own podcast. <laughs> That's uh, Brian is saying that in the chat room. Uh, Benjamin in the chat room says, Dave Asprey is cool. I don't agree with him on everything, but he seems to be genuine. Benjamin says he switched to Pandora. Eric, K-E-T, he says, I pay Spotify nothing and won't listen to Jerry on there. I just catch a couple clips on YouTube. And uh, Brian says, uh, or Benjamin says, I got sick of JRE the same time the Spotify podcast started, so I didn't have a tough decision whether or not to keep listening to him. And uh, so there's people who don't like him. That's cool. I'm not a huge fan of Joe Rogan. I think what he's done to help popularize podcasting is very good. Of course, I would love to be a guest on his show. Joe, if you or your people are listening, bring me on any day. I'm right here in Austin. I could be there in 20 minutes. No big. You get a cancellation last minute. Call me. That's all I've got, though, for you today. Uh, I will be back maybe tomorrow. Probably not, but definitely on Friday. I'm trying this Monday, Wednesday, and Friday thing to see how it goes. I definitely have more to talk about, uh, and the shows are a little bit longer. So let me know in the comments. Do you like shows or on Patreon? Do you like shows that are a little bit longer? Or do you like shows that are more frequent? Maybe you want them every day. I'm leaning toward going back to every day, but we'll see. I'm trying it for this week. Next week, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Don't forget disasterproof.tv. I've got some big stuff coming out in the next couple weeks. And remember, uh, support the show on Patreon. It makes a big difference. If you're watching this and not supporting it, well, I forgive you, but it makes a big difference to me. So go to patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Hit the little uh, little uh, bell so that you know when I'm going live since we don't have Periscope. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Dan Benjamin. I'm at Dan Benjamin here on YouTube and Instagram and everywhere else that you would like to go. And that's all that I've got for you today. I sure do appreciate your uh, joining the show and watching live and watching later. And uh, of course, subscribe as a podcast at danbenjamin.live if you just want to listen. And that's it. That's all I got for you. And I'll see you again later this week. Have a good one.